that. So we're speaking from Colossians. We're going through that uh, uh, series, and I, the subject matter today is pretty sort of um, uh, tense. In fact, it's so tense, my glasses are fogging up. It's the kind of um, subject that <laughs> where your glasses do fog up, but it'll get hot in here uh, as we preach this. But we're speaking from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, remember you're chosen, you're not frozen, you're chosen. God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. God doesn't just tolerate you he loves you he thinks you're awesome even when you're naughty okay so clothe yourselves everybody say clothe yourself as Paul Fleming said put some clothes on that's how he titled this message put some clothes on clothe yourself with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience and verse 14 and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity in the message, the same passage of Scripture says like this, because I love the way it says it in modern language. It says, so chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, verse 14, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. What we've been saying over the last few weeks, to put the new clothes on, you have to take the old clothes off. I'll just say it again. To put the new clothes on, you've got to take the old clothes off. In fact, that's what is said in the previous verses uh, of Scripture in Colossians 3 verse 9. It says this, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self, you've taken off your old self, I like it, with its practices, and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I can smell sausages barbecuing out there. That smells, I don't get hungry. For the next three hours as we exegete this uh, passage of um, Scripture, but we will offer a free sausage at the end of this. Okay. <laughs> Wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Clean yourself, dirty mind. And have put on a new self which is being renewed in knowledge. Help me keep focused, Jesus. Uh, renewed in knowledge in the image of its... Am I reading the right thing? Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> Stop it. In a message version, don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete, or are they? And then it goes on to give a list. And so last week we started talking about the list and a whole lot of stuff there, a list of some ill-fitting clothes that we need to take off. And I, I, I said last week, it's very important. We, we, we noticed that that scripture starts off by saying, don't lie to one another. Don't lie to one another. So, so again, we've got to keep it real. Everybody say, keep it real. Keep it real. Tap your neighbor, say, keep it real. We've got to keep it real. We don't want to lie to each other. We don't want to lie to each other. But if we go through the list, We've got to make sure that we haven't got that still hanging in the wardrobe, yeah. under the head, on the last shelf, where nobody can see it. Maybe you've got some stuff that was in the list, and we read some of that out, and we looked at some of that last week. In fact, on the list, we looked at things like rage. You're so mad, you're bad. Rage. And, and, and I don't know, have you worn that this week? Have we pulled that out of the closet and put it on evil desires, which I know none of you have. It's only those people in the other services. <laughs> Filthy language. 
from your lips or as the message puts it, dirty talk. Mm. Well, if you've missed it, of course, it's online. You can go and watch the podcast or the website and see it. But today I want to look at just one thing on the list. One thing on the list, on Apostle Paul's list, and that is this sexual immorality. Oh, sorry, I just have to get a bit nervous when I say that. Okay, we're going to look at sexual immorality. You think it's hard to listen to? You should try preaching it. Come on. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's pretty, pretty that's the same. My glasses fog up while I'm doing this. <laughs> sexual immorality. The reality is it's such a big subject. In the 30 minutes that we have, I'm hardly going to do it justice um, in the time that we have. But it is something we can't ignore. Good place to say amen, preacher. We must talk about it. We must talk about sex and sexuality. We've got to get an understanding because it is a big issue in today's society. So I want to give you a few thoughts. When we think about sex and you're like, can you even do that? Can you think about it? Well, God did. That's my first point. We we have to understand, first of all, when we're, we're, we're talking about this, sex was God's idea it's his idea and sex is not dirty it's not evil it was God's idea and the devil had nothing to do with it and let's be honest if we're if we are honest today some Christians will think you know if I've ever thought about it I've I've sinned or I've done something wrong well the reality is God thought about it and he didn't sin God thought about it in fact he thought up the whole idea, he engineered the whole thing, man. He, 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 he just, he, you know, he, he, there in the Garden of Eden, he goes, when a man loves a woman. He's like, how's it going to work? He's, we're going to put that there and we're going to work. Actually, it's probably down here. And we're going to work, we're going to work it down there. I'm going to work this all together. God thought about it and he's never had a dirty thought. It was God's idea. We've got to understand that it's very, uh, very important. He thought up the whole thing of the reproductive organs, and God has never had a dirty thought. Adam and Eve were naked in the garden, and God didn't go, oh, what did I do? There was no shame. God's idea. It's the first thing. Second thing is sex is sacred. I want you to know that and understand that today. Sex is sacred. Some people say, you know, what has God got obsessed with sex or something? He talks about it a lot in the Bible. He talks about it because it's sacred. It's holy. It's to be a sacred area of our lives. And because it's sacred, God sets up through Scripture, He sets limits for sexual activity. He sets up limits like, like, like marriage. So the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. doesn't say, boyfriends, love your girlfriends. doesn't say that. doesn't say that. It says, husbands, love your wives. <laughs> it's gone quiet in this Anglican church. Come on, Sam. <laughs> I've swapped to the press from the Presbyterians to the Anglicans. See, does that here? God puts logical, loving limits on sexual behavior. And if you're not a follower of Christ, a lot of this you go, well, I don't need that. I don't know. But if you are a follower of Jesus, 
You can't ignore this. If you're saying, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, you can't ignore what Jesus says about this area. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, he says, if you hold to my teaching, means if you do what I say, then you're my disciples. It's not, we're to live a life where we, we take the teachings of Jesus and live them out in our lives. We have to wrestle with these issues. We can't just say, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. No, no, it doesn't matter with everybody. What, what, what does the word teach? Because that's how I want to live. If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples, which means the opposite is true. If you don't, you aren't. Awkward moment. So we're going to wrestle with this as a church. We're going to wrestle with this as a people. We're going to wrestle with this as disciples of Jesus. So what does God's word say on things like this? And he has a lot to actually say. And so in his word, and we're not going to go through endless scriptures because that'll just drive you crazy. But You can research it for yourself. There's hundreds but what we do know is that God establishes logical, loving limits for sexual behavior. Logical love limits. And you've got to understand, when he does that, it's not because he's a spoil sport. Really, it's, it's not because he is a, a, a spoil sport. And I always say this, if you don't understand why God is doing something, always understand the who. Understand that who it is who's telling, he wants the best for you. He, he, when he says don't do something, it's not because he's like, ha, 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 I'll make you single suffer. I said it a few <laughs> weeks ago, you know. You're not going to get married till you're 95. You can't have sex until you're married, and I'm going to put a V8 turbocharged engine on the inside of you. <laughs> so you, you see that girl, it's like, oh, I'm here. Okay, some of you just got a six-cylinder. Some are four. I don't know. Some are. But for, uh, I, I was a V8 turbo. I can tell you. I tell you that. <laughs> you just ask her. No, I wasn't going to say. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's not because God's a spoiled sport. It's not because he's trying to make you suffer. It's because he loves you. When God says don't do something, it's because he loves you. Because this is a, a sacred thing, a holy thing, a beautiful thing. He wants to keep it beautiful. Why? Because he designed it. He knows how it works best. And in scripture, there's what I call the three L's, logical, loving, uh, limits and uh, for instance road markings road markings you drove here today uh, following hopefully following the road rules and, and and there are marks on the road yellow lines and white lines and they tell you what to do now you can be arrogant and go oh well I don't care like Paul Fleming did he just drove across the line. we all know last week he drove across the line and hit a police car now can I just say Paul said pastor thank you so much for using me as sermon fodder I love it I said, good, I'll do it again. <laughs> but we know when Paul crossed the line, when he crossed the line, we have that saying, you crossed the line there, buddy. When you cross the line, the lines are not restrictions. They're logical, loving limits. What for? To keep you safe. That's right. 
So you've got to understand when God says don't do something, he's there. He's, 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 he's working together. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Paul crouching down, hiding somewhere. He, he's saying it to keep you safe like a, like a river. And I've, I've used these examples before, but I think they're, they're worth a, a river. Think about it. A river within its banks is beautiful. Property's worth more. You can irrigate and, and, and get food and grow food and you can fish and feed your family. But if you watch the news the last few weeks, you know when the river overflows its banks, damage happens. Things get wrecked. And so, the, so those things are not restrictions. They are, they are logical, loving limits. They can make it beautiful. With inside the banks, it's beautiful. As a fireman, we were called to a house in Ramadi South just a few weeks ago. And, and basically, the, 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 their fireplace was smoking where it shouldn't be smoking. And, and, and underneath the floor, underneath the carpet, somehow it had got hot enough that the floor of the house had caught fire. And so we had to go in the house and chop, uh, chop it down. In fact, Paul Fleming and I have been to houses on the Cavity Coast where brand new houses where their fire no longer stayed in their fireplace and it went up in their wall and we got to go in with axes and chop and smash the house. Uh, okay, well, I won't talk about it, but we got to go in there because the fire inside the fireplace was beautiful. But outside, you can heat your house, you can warm your family, sometimes you can even cook food on it. But outside the fireplace, it causes damage. So the fireplace is not a restriction. Let it be free. Let it burn. The Bible talks about no one can place coals in your lap and think you won't get burned. You play with this here, you're going to get burned. Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. You get burned. You get burned in this area. So God says he sets up logical, loving limits. So when God places those limits on sexual activity within marriage, it's not to restrict you or inflict you. It's to make it beautiful because it's sacred. Not so you will suffer. Because remember, he's the one who designed it. He's the one who engineered it. He's the one who knows how it works best. We've just bought a new house. And inside the house, we've got all these new appliances, dishwasher, fridge, and stuff as you do when you're You've got a, a, a new house. And uh, again, I've got to figure out how those works. But it's no good if Anita says, how do you work the dishwasher? And hands me the thing for the fridge. Because yeah. the fridge people didn't make the dishwasher. Yeah. Friend, I want to tell you, God wrote the book of love. The book of love. That's okay. That's a whole other 80s thing going on there. But he wrote the book. Yeah. So he knows how it works best. He knows what will work and what won't work. And if we go outside of those limits, damage occurs. Now, understand here, there'll be ones who will say, well, Pastor, you know what? Don't get it. I'll die. Grace, before she was engaged, she's like, oh, Dad. And we talk about anything in our house. You've got to know our house. We talk about anything. She's like, Dad, I hope I get married. I want to have sex before, not, not, before I die. I hope I can get married because I really want to have. She's engaged now. Hard luck. But she's like, I've got I, I, I to have it. What are you laughing at? Some of you are exactly the same. Come on. She's like, I've got to have it. But, but friend, here's the thing. You, you don't have to have it. No food, you die. No water, you die. No sex, you don't die. Somebody say amen. Uh, I mean, it's just—it's pretty basic. 
But in saying all of that, <laughs> Al's saying he's ready. It's getting hot in here, isn't it, Al? But in saying that, we all understand that the God-given sexual area of our lives is a very, very powerful part of our humanity that we can't ignore. We can't. You know, in my time as a pastor, this area has been the one area that I've found so many people have struggles with. So many people have battles with, of course, I understand nobody in this service, but all the other services, people have major issues (laughs) in this service. An awkward laugh went across the auditorium. (laughs) Let's face it, let's not lie to one another. It's a challenge to stay sexually pure in the world we live in, in this day and age. In fact, I would say this, I would think it's more difficult today than any other time in the history of mankind ever. We live in the most sexualized society that's ever been. Our grandparents would turn in their graves if they saw what was on just TV these days. Yet we have to make sure as believers, as followers of Christ, we don't become immune to it ourselves and replace sacred for sexy. Because this is sacred thing. Paul in his list to the Colossian church is saying, take off those old garments, those ill-fitting clothes. Take off sexual immorality. And in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18, the same Paul says, flee from sexual immorality. Doesn't say resist it and you can't in that sense. I, I want to just tell you, you know, it's like that chocolate cake. I resist it, I resist it, I resist it. Oh, no, I eat it. <laughs> Who's done that? Come on. You can't resist it. It says flee. Yeah. Run, Forrest, run. Yeah. Get out. But can I say today, it's just not that simple. The definition of to flee or to, uh, to run or to escape from a place, the definition of to flee or is to run or escape from a place of danger. And look, I've been around for a while and can I just say, I have never, in my years, I have never had a woman come to me or whatever, ever. I've never had a woman come to me at all and say, oh, you're a honk. I just like you so much. Apart from Anita, but the, the, I've never had a temptation moment like that. No woman ever has, and don't start, by the way, <laughs> just to be clear, Anita's like, you better be clear. But I've never had someone do that. I've never had those, that, that, that moment. I, I, I've never had a, like a bachelor moment. And they call that reality television. I, I, I find it funny. I've never had 30 women to choose. <laughs> they saying, thank God for that pastor. But I've never had 30 women coming up going, and which one shall I choose? Who gets the rose today? Who gets the rose? Has anybody else had that accent? Nobody's had that. That is not reality. I've had nobody. Now, I'm not saying that couldn't be a challenge for someone. I'm not saying that would be a Challenge, of course, it's to be there, but I don't think that's the major issue that people have to worry about today. 
So when it says flee sexual immorality, the problem is in today's society is it's far more difficult. Why? Why? Because you can you can run, but it can follow you. How? Because it's mobile, literally. Because we live in a society today where we are only one click away from any kind of depravity we can think of. It's funny when I said, oh, it's not for this service in the, in the previous service. Someone yelled out, yeah, even the 8.30 service. And I didn't preach that message in there today because I was worried about medical conditions and things like <laughs> I like that today. But someone came up to me after the last service and said, well, don't worry, we don't have that problem in the 8.30 service. None of us know how to work our phones. It's just, uh, it's just uh, So maybe it is an issue. Uh, it's probably a good thing some of us don't know how to work our phones. But I don't think the biggest challenge to, to, to us is is some lady coming and tempting us or whatever or some affair, all of that can happen. But the biggest challenge is because it's mobile. One click away from any depravity. This is a world where young people talk of, of sexting, a world that is so sexualized where, where kids now, I mean, I don't know whether you've noticed it. And uh, um, Again, we're just so used to taking photos now and our selfies and and things like that, and well, people will position themselves to look amazing, and uh, um, you know the the girls will be like that. I, I just say, look, love you girls and, and uh, stuff, but we've got to be so careful because we're just basically copping off some playboy, and I wouldn't know what that looks like. But the 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 the, the thing is, we're copping. Oh, do my boobs look like? Am I showing enough cleavage or what? I know some of this is making you ill. I mean, <laughs> but people are doing that because that's not a pretty picture. I just looked at it myself. <laughs> Girls position position themselves in a seductive way, or guys showing their abs. I can just show my flabs, but I say, yeah. Well, our kids have got access to music videos that I don't know if they're watching them for the music. See, things have come a long way from my day where Rod Stewart pranced around the stage singing, do you think you're sexy? Or do I think I'm sexy? And you want my body? Come on, sugar, let me know. And I was like, no one wants you, Rod. <laughs> it's come a long way, man. Just one search, one search. Pop star, Rihanna. Her song, Sex With Me. You read, uh, see, Luke, so you, I, I'm telling you this because your, your children are watching this stuff. And you don't know, oh, that's a nice song. Do you realize what it's saying? How many songs you go through? Explicit lyrics, explicit, 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 explicit. Rihanna's Sex With Me song, I'm, I'm going to read it out because I want you to understand. And it's, 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 it's pretty strong. Don't you understand? This is not just a nice little song. This is a song that children are listening to. Sex With Me, so amazing. I don't know if I can do it like her, but <laughs> all this hard work, no vacation. Stay up, uh, stay up off my Instagram, pure temptation. Hit a switch on a fake nigga like a station. Sex with me, so amazing. Vodka and water and a lemon. A few other things I cannot mention. Five fingers on it, five fingers on it. 
Hit it like you own it. I'm going to hit it like I'm on it. I'm going to get wet like a jacuzzi. Just a standard every day music video. We live in a different world, people. We live in a world where we would never open a, the door of a child's bedroom to a stranger and allow a stranger to go in and chat with our, our kids. We, 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 but through social media now, people allow unmonitored multiple strangers to chat to our kids behind the closed doors of their, their bedrooms, a place that should be a sanctuary from the weird world that's out there. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-technology. I'm, you know, I, I love technology. I'm not anti But we have to realize we live in a world where, where we no longer have to look for it. You know, back in my day, if you wanted to read something dirty, you'd have to go and find something dirty. You have to walk into the shop and ask an embarrassing girl, can I have the magazine? Are you old enough? <laughs> You've gone every whisker that you could to try and... But in our world of Google, where algorithms can see what you've been looking at and watch you and produce stuff and bring it your way, it will hunt for you. It will look for you. Now these devices have become so much a part of our everyday life. It's like, man, we can't do it. So we're carrying it around. A world of filth in our pocket. Just one click away. You know, the Bible was not written in English. Much of the New Testament was written in Greek and, of course, the Old Testament Hebrew. But the word sexual immorality in the Greek is the word pornea, from which we get the modern-day word pornography. Ography means the study of. So you've got biology, you've got geology. It means the study of. The word pornea, one of the meanings of the word is unlawful indulgence. Unlawful indulgence. So really when it comes to porn, it is a forbidden thing. Because what those things, those bodies were meant to be seen only from the eyes of the sacred part of marriage. And so we have the unlawful study of our eyes seeing things that we should never, never see. It's a multi-million dollar or billion dollar industry it's one of the most profitable industries in the world it takes in more money than the NFL than the NBL than the you know AFL I mean all of it combined together it makes more money but porn's strength sapping and joy stealing power is without doubt one of the biggest challenges not just for young people but of all ages we will face today. What God intended to be sacred and beautiful, lovely, given the context and safety of marriage, has now become cheap. What was meant to be an act of selflessness has become selfish. One website says this, porn harms in three ways. Number one, it affects the brain. It's actually like a drug, like cocaine. It does the same thing. What cocaine does to your brain, pornography does to your brain. says porn affects relationships porn kills love it objectifies what does that make humans like a piece of meat so you get boobs guys and feet fetish guys and butt guys and 
Do you like big, small, medium size? People become just a piece, a commodity. It affects society. It increases violence. 33 different studies found that exposure to both nonviolent and violent porn increases aggressive behavior, including both having violent fantasies and actually committing violent assaults. It affects society. Now, can I just say this here today? I am not here to judge anyone today. The Bible is clear. There is no temptation that has taken us, but that which is common to man. All I'm saying is, Houston, we have a problem. We got a problem. So what can we do? What can we do? Well, to be honest, I, I don't know. There, it's such a big thing. I, I certainly don't have all the answers. But one thing I do know, one thing I do know, and in Second Samuel, just before King David, the man who was after God's own heart, before King David cheated on another man's wife named Bathsheba, it says this in 2 Kings 11 verse 1, the first part of the verse, it says, in the spring, what time of year is this? Spring, this is a good time as any. In the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. And then it goes on to say, but David remained in Jerusalem. I notice as I read the scripture, what got him into this place is he stopped fighting. He stopped fighting. I don't know what the what all the answers are, but what I can tell you is this, don't stop fighting. Don't stop fighting. If you're struggling in this area right now, I'm not here to point the finger. I'm not trying to make people feel guilty. In fact, if you left out of here and you're struggling with that and you're feeling guilty, you've missed the point of my, my message. I'm not here to make anyone feel guilty. No struggle. No battle, no thing that, that has taken us is that which is common to man. You might be sitting here going, I'm the only person who struggles with that. And I want to tell you, there'll be a room full of people who struggle with it. But we don't fix it by hiding it, putting it under a, under a rug. If you are struggling with it, you're, you're not weird, you're not crazy, you're just human. But don't stop fighting. Fight for our families. Fight for purity. Fight for our kids. Fight for His name's sake. John Piper, great preacher, who said on the whole thing of tackling porn, he said, one of the best advice I can give, because it's, again, there's accountability partners and they talk about all of that. He said, one of the best advice I can give is just fall in love with Jesus. Because when you fall in love with the bride of Christ, your eyes won't go anywhere. Oh, just, just fall in love. But they've encouraged us to, to, to fall in love. Him more. There'll be some here today, and you, you go, man, that's me. that's me. I feel like I've lost the fight. I want to say, get up. Get up. This is not just a man's problem, by the way. Statistics are out. If you struggle with this, stand up, get up, start fighting. Again, why? Because His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new for you every morning. Jesus died for our 
sin, but also for our guilt and for our shame. You don't have to carry that burden. Burden God with what burdens you. Remember His love for you. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says this, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one. Thank God we have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us approach the throne of grace. You need grace today. Approach it with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If it's not your struggle here today and it's not your battle here today, can I say this? I love this quote. Don't judge people just because they sin differently than you. Because we're all a bunch of different looking sinners in need of the same looking cross. And as your pastors, I want to say we're here for you. I want to help you. And don't stop fighting. You're not crazy. You're not weird. You're just human. And I know we haven't even scratched the surface of this topic. But what I do know is that there's, once this goes online, I want to make some more resources available. There's, there's so many areas, I mean, of sexuality. You know, am I... You know, they're talking about, you know, even which toilet do I use these days? Or, you know, if I feel like this, if I feel like a woman, how should I use the... So complex. I want to put some links right now. One of the best people in the world on this by by any means is Cy Rogers. We had him here yesterday. And right now he's doing a series. I think it's three or four parts in Auckland at Life Church. We're going to make sure we put a link to that. So you want to learn more about how this works and how the brain works. I want to encourage you to watch those. He was a man who was going to become a woman and then had an encounter with God. And God changed his life. If anybody understands all that, he does. And I think he's doing three or four weeks on it. I encourage you to go there. We'll put other resources on the website. We sometimes do Valiant Man, which we can, uh, our guys can sign up, uh, up for. There's websites that we'll put on like Fight the New Drug and some others that we'll put on that will give you resources that will help you and give you more of an understanding of how this affects the brain and how it works and how we can be free, free of that. But as I said, Colossians 3 verse 13, bear with one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive us, the Lord forgive. We've got to bear with one another. You've got to struggle, bear with one another. There'll be people struggling here, bear with one another. Because you're not weird, you're not crazy, you're just human. Is that all right? You're right. Not too stressed out. You made it through a life. Come out the other end. Why don't we stand for a moment?